Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. Today, we continue the series on It's Obvious. Now, we, we started off and we, we talked about Joseph, we talked about Mary, we talked about the shepherds, we talked about the sheep. Now, today, we're talking about this guy by the name of Simeon. Now, we don't know a lot about Simeon. We know that he has an interesting role to play in the Christmas story, but he didn't show up at the manger. He didn't show up in Bethlehem. He had a totally different deal that he was in, in, responsible for. Now, one of the things about Christmas that I found out is, you know, Christmas is a lot of fun when you're a kid. Not, now I know why. Like some of you say, well, it's a Santa thing. Christmas is a big deal as a kid because you don't have to pay for anything. I mean, isn't it true? You know why Christmas is fun? You're not in charge. But it's all of a sudden you get this, you get this transition. You go from everything is so cool. People give me stuff to, oh, my goodness, it is so not cool. I have to buy stuff. I mean, isn't that true? I mean, seriously. But yet, then there's this other stage of hitching. It's so much fun to buy for other people. I went out Friday to buy some stuff for Jenny, and it was so much fun. I mean, really, it was just like, I got Christmas music playing, you know, people cutting you off on 285, and you're just like, you know, ho, 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 you know, have a Merry Christmas, you know, you bless the Lord, right, you know? And so it's, it, it's a crazy time of year. Well, Bethlehem was crazy that night. People had come from all over to, to be, take a census. So wherever your hometown was, the lineage, your home is where you went. It was not so much of a quiet night. I mean, it was really, it was a power-packed evening. Well, what would happen is you would leave that evening, and eight days after you had your firstborn child, then you would circumcise that little boy. And then 40 days later, according, according to the Old Testament law, then that new mommy would come to the temple to purify herself, and you would bring your firstborn male, and you would bring that boy to the temple, and at the temple you would offer a sacrifice to redeem yourself and this little boy and dedicate this little boy to the Lord. Now, people ask me all the time, why do you do the baby dedication thing? Well, because it really is kind of a, it's a biblical story of how we bring our children and we dedicate our children to the Lord. But it was different in the Old Testament. Now, remember, when Jesus comes, then we know this is the introduction of a new covenant. You with me? So we have an Old Testament, Old Covenant, hundreds of laws. Part of those laws say firstborn male, eight days circumcision, 40 days later, mom purifies herself at the temple, brings the baby, dedicates the baby, and when you bring that baby, you have to have an offering. Now, if you were listening to Trip last week, you know that offering in many times was a little sheep. It was a lamb that was purchased from those shepherds out in the fields outside of Bethlehem. But if you couldn't afford that, then you could bring two turtle doves or you could bring two pigeons. All right, if you're with me, nod your head. If you've already checked out, raise your hand. Okay, thank you. There's only 12 of you. Now, having said that, what we know is in, in the New Testament, Jesus came and he came to fulfill that law. What law was it? The law of Moses. So we're going to read in just a minute in Luke chapter 2 about Simeon and his brief position, but brief victory that he also had. Okay, so if you're with me, let's go back again. So we have Old Testament laws, hundreds of them. Some of those laws were threefold when you had a baby. First one is eight days circumcision, 40 days, purify yourself, same 40 days, 
dedicate the baby. Are you with me? So when that happens, you are fulfilling the law. Paul writes about it in Galatians, about fulfilling the law. And so we'll see in Luke chapter 2 that we have these three aspects going on in this story. Look in verse 21 of Luke chapter 2. This is where we pick up the story of Simeon. It says, eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel, even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering, as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required of the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So we see all three of these things happening in this story. Are you with me? Now, we don't hear this much as a part of the Christmas story, but it's a big, big, big part of the Christmas story. We know several things from this. We know that Simeon, we're going to find out, is a very devout and faithful Jewish man. But we also are going to find out that Joseph and Mary weren't royalty. They weren't wealthy. They did not come from upper middle class. They did not come from middle class. They probably didn't come from lower middle class. They were probably in the lower economic factor of the world. How do I know that? Because they brought probably two pigeons or two turtle doves. They couldn't afford the lamb. You see how all this is weaving together. And so what we find here is that all of these stories are happening in one thing. The Old Testament law is being fulfilled as Jesus is born. Jesus is circumcised. Jesus is presented at the temple. And so here comes Mary. Here comes Joseph. Enter Simeon. Look in verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So here we have Simeon. Now, we don't know how old he was, but we can kind of read into this that he might have been 70, 75, 80 years of age. So he's been going to the temple all these years and waiting at the temple. Now, when you go over to Jerusalem and you sit and you can see there are all kinds of gates, but at the main gate, he would sit there and watch all the people that came in. And literally, he's having a conversation with God nonstop. Is that them? Is that them? Is that them? See, he doesn't know if it's going to be a baby. He don't know if by the time the Messiah comes there, it's a teenager. He doesn't know if this is maybe a 20-something hipster. He doesn't know who's coming along to be the Messiah, but he does know this, that he is going to witness and be with and hold the Messiah before he dies. So in other words, Simeon knows when he's going to die. He knows it's going to happen after he meets the Messiah. So being a good Jewish man, he's waiting on the Messiah to come because that's going to be the king of the Jews. With me? Are you starting to see how the birth and the death are tied together? Simeon knows this, that the Messiah is coming, but he cannot imagine. It's not obvious to Simeon all that will happen. Simeon won't see him walk on water. Simeon won't see him feed 5,000 with, with that little lunch. Simeon won't see him raise people from the dead. He won't see them stop and, and challenge the Pharisees when they're trying to stone a woman. He won't see all that, but he does know the Messiah is coming. Now, his picture of what the Messiah is to be might not be all that, but week after week, but month after month, but Year after year, Simeon is waiting on the Messiah. 
Now, you can only imagine how frustrating this is as he's sitting there at the gate and he's watching people stream in over and over again. And he must look at them and say, is that them, Lord? Nope. Is that them, Lord? Nope. Is that the Messiah? Nope. But that looks like, nope. Over and over again, the Spirit of God is like, that's not him, that's not him, that's not him, that's not him. And then Mary and Joseph and Jesus are fulfilling the law. Because remember, at this point, the law of Moses is not fulfilled in Jesus yet. He's 40 days old. And so what happens here is he knows, wait a minute, something is up. And in the middle of all that, here's this older man who knows when the Spirit of God says the Messiah has come. Now, let me just let me stop here for a minute and, and gather your attention back. I'm, I'm done talking about the Old Testament for a minute, so come back to me. And here's what I want to encourage you to think through. Many of us are like Simeon. We're still waiting on our Messiah. Now, I want you to notice, where did Jesus come to see Simeon so that Simeon's life would be fulfilled? He came to church. He came to the temple so that when he met Jesus, his life's fulfillment was accomplished. See, what I would say for many of us today is we have come to the house of God and we're in desperate need for the Messiah, for Jesus to be the fulfillment of our life. Many of us have come here today and we have desperate need in our life. We have desperate challenges in our life. And what we're waiting for is the Savior of the world to come. And we've come to the church. Sometimes we come because somebody drives us crazy and they just kind of drag us to church. Sometimes we come to church because this is what we've always done and what we always do. But for many of you today, you came here because there's got to be something more to this life than getting up and going to work and getting a small Christmas bonus and buying presents that nobody's going to really want, but I have to buy one because when they do that, we've got to open up. There's got to be more than this, and it is. And you know what it is? It's that the Messiah has come. We don't have to be Simeon. The Messiah has come. We don't have to wait. We can meet the Messiah today. And so when you look at that, you say, well, how does the rest of the story go? Well, all of a sudden, Simeon knows that he has seen the Messiah. Look in verse 29. And Simeon starts what's called Simeon's song. There's four Christmas songs found in the gospel writings. Simeon's song happens here, and he begins in song. If you ever wonder, you know, no, no other place I go unless it's a concert do we start with music. It's not like you go into a boardroom for a board meeting and you start singing. That doesn't happen, does it? You don't show up at work Sunday and a chorus gets you off to a good start. I mean, why do you do that at church? Well, in many ways, think about it. The birth of the Lord came with music. Angels, shepherds. Simeon's song. Mary's song. You see how this is happening? And so in Simeon's song, he starts this in verse 29. Sovereign Lord. Now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you've prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. And then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother. Now just stop right there for a minute. He breaks out in song, and his song gives us these three unbelievable truths that we can hang on to today. First, he says, this, is going, this baby is going to be the glory of Israel. I mean, he's saying, it's not just a baby. This is not just another baby boy. He may, may have come out of swaddling clothes, and now he's wrapped up in a cute little blanket, blanket, and he's probably got like a first century passy or something going on. But we don't know all that, right? But we do know this. When he holds him, he says, this, is the, this, this right here, this is the glory of Israel. 
He recognizes as a good Jew, the Messiah has come. Hope has arrived. Peace has been born. This is the glory of the Lord. It's the glory of Israel. But he says second thing too. He says not only is it the glory of Israel, he says this is the hope and fear of all the years that are met in him tonight. Sound familiar? Okay, come on. You know the song right. Sing, sing it with me. You ready? The hopes and fears of all the years are. So maybe you don't know it. So I am so glad y'all aren't on the praise team because that was a little weak right there. I mean, it sounded like me and Bobby doing it together, which is not pretty. Come on, try it again. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in. Somehow Simeon got through it. He said he's the glory of Israel, but he also said he's the savior of the world. He's, he didn't come just for Israel. He came for the world. This is where John 3.16 is uniquely connected to the Christmas story. You see, Jesus came because God sent his only son that his only son might shed his blood that we might in turn recognize that and have hope in this life and promise for eternity. He is the hope. He is the glory of Israel. He is the savior of the world. He is the hope of the nations. When I think to myself, when I, when I see silly shootings and I see silly racial riots going on and I see the silliness of ISIS and I see all the brutality of all of the world, I think to myself, Jesus is the hope and peace of all the world. You and I are not going to stop all that evil. It's, we, we, we don't even have a chance until we get our heart right with Christ. The world doesn't need anything more than more Jesus. Simeon saw this. This is the Savior of the world. This is the hope of glory. This is God come to earth in flesh, and we're going to be right with him. And when we get right with him, that's why we say here week after week after week, when you get Jesus right, you'll get everything else right. But you'll never get anything else right until you get Jesus right. And Simeon is saying, now that this has happened, I can die in peace. This is a beautiful thing that is happening. You see, isn't it true that as a parent, the most painful thing you watch is your child in pain? It's just brutal, isn't it? So Mary, who held him in swaddling clothes, hands him now 40 days later into the hand of Simeon. Simeon breaks out in this song and then he offers a blessing to Mary. Go back to, uh, to Scripture and see what, what, what he has to say about Mary. He says, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as the sign from God, but many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. He's saying, Mary, this little baby that is so cute and is cooing and cuddling right now, that little baby someday is going to be spat upon and cursed. That little baby is going to have a crown of thorns crushed down upon its head, and he's going to die for the sins of the world, and they're going to bury him in a borrowed tomb. And yet, three days later, when darkness had fallen on the earth, he's going to flick that rock out, and when he comes and he walks through that door to see his disciples, the one thing he says is, I've come to bring you peace. 
Listen, that baby came and Simeon held him and he must have thought to himself in my arms, I'm holding the prince of peace. I'm holding a mighty counselor, an everlasting God, a prince of peace who has come for all mankind. So my friend, listen, no matter what you brought into this room, you do not have to be Simeon. You do not have to wait for your Messiah to come. Jesus came for you. God looked in our lives and he said, I love you. You may have come in here and thought there's no way God can love me. Christmas came for you. The most beautiful thing of those shepherds is the angels didn't say, guys, clean up before you come and put a tie on. The angels didn't say, before you come see the Savior of the world, wash your face. They they came as they were. I heard the song playing in the pre-song list before we started worship. I heard David Crowder singing, come as you are, come as you are. That's the message of Christmas. Whatever you brought to the Messiah today, whatever ugliness you brought, whatever selfishness, whatever sin, whatever anger, whatever addiction, he doesn't ask you to clean up before he comes. He says, come as you are because he's worthy and he is able to do far more, exceedingly more, abundantly more if you'll just come abide And the Jesus that came and Simeon held, it's obvious, isn't it? Jesus came for you. Lord Jesus, today, calls us to be a people that recognize you came for us. Soften our heart. Perk our ears up. Marry our our, our head and our heart so that we might know you in fullness for the God that you are. A God that loved us enough to send his son and we call it Christmas. And if today your desire is to say, Jesus, count me and I want to be one of those kids. I want to be your kid. I want to follow you. I want to live for you. Just say that to Jesus. I promise you, he'll hear you and he'll answer you because you're a good, good father. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. For more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.